Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. fans welcome into another edition of inside boxing live i am your host dan canobio coming off the heels of another great fight here in 2019 it went down to madison square garden it was triple g edging out survey Devrachenko in a fight of the year contender joining us on the show today he called the fight for the zone he is sergio mora he will break down the fight in depth as well as some of the fights that are upcoming Usyk is fighting this weekend we also have uh, canelo and kovalev and finally AJ and Ruiz just right around the corner. Let's jump right into this interview. We touch on a lot of topics. Here it is, Sergio Moore. Our next interview on Inside Boxing Live is brought to you by Jack Doyle's Restaurant and Bar. Jack Doyle's Restaurant and Bar located just a few steps away from Madison Square Garden and Times Square. Go into Jack Doyle's for all your entertainment needs. From happy hours to birthday parties to private events, Jack Doyle's has you covered. Once again, that's Jack Doyle's Restaurant and Bar located on 240 West 35th Street. This past Saturday night, we saw one of the greatest fights of 2019. It was Gennady Golovkin going up against Sergei Derevchenko, fight of the year contender. A man calling the action for his own joins us right now. He is Sergio Mora. Sergio, a really good fight Saturday night, competitive back-and-forth stuff. Your biggest takeaway from that main event Saturday night from the Garden? Uh, Wow. That that was it. When it ended, I wanted more, but... uh... I wanted a clear and decisive winner, which which we didn't get, but we got a winner. I, I didn't want to see a draw. And I said something about no one wins in a draw, and people are quick to, you know, criticize every fucking word that comes out of my mouth. Sorry if I can't cut. No, I like, you can let, you can let mean, it fly. What I mean by no one wins in a fight, I'm not talking about the fighters alone. I'm talking about the fans in attendance, the viewers watching, the network who are already promoting the next event for the A-side uh, um, there's no clear and decisive winner. It's it's like in chess when you have a draw or, or I don't know the real technical term for it, but uh, a stalemate. There you go. Mm-hmm. When there's a stalemate in chess, it's like no nobody wins and you leave. Uh, uh, you, you're not satisfied and, and you want more. At least we didn't get that at the Garden. We got a winner. Now, some people, including myself, felt Dervinchenko deserved the decision. And now that now that we've all processed it, the majority of boxing uh, writers and, 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 and scribes and, and professionals and people in the business, they agreed with me. But then, of, of course, you have, like, you know, the, the people online on Twitter saying, I don't know what I'm seeing, I don't know what I'm talking about, and I don't know this, I don't know that. But I'm glad that the professionals, the ones that do this for, the, for a living, you guys um, all had it slightly in Derek and Chanko's part because so did I. Yeah, I mean, welcome to the club of uh, getting criticized on, on Twitter. It's nothing new uh, for for us, nothing new for anyone in media, especially in boxing, such a subjective sport. A lot of things went into this fight and, and uh, you know, a lot of storylines, and we'll get to the fight. But firstly, I want to ask you, as being an ex-fighter, there were some rumblings about, well, you might be a current fighter, so I'll touch on that as well. But getting into uh, 
you know, was Triple G sick? You know, the, um, Eddie Hearn kind of confirmed that he was, and even Jonathan Banks said uh, he described his his sickness during the week as horribly bad, uh, quote unquote. Being an ex fighter, how much stock can we put into him being sick, and how tough is it? Have you ever fought while under the weather? Yeah, uh, I fought. I fought sick two times, and I've canceled about three fights uh, due to sickness. It's uh, it's horrible. And look, the the last thing you want to do after a great performance is take away from the fighter that showed courage. And both of them showed amazing courage. But the one that showed resilience and and a little bit more was Dervinchenko because he had to survive a knockdown, getting hurt, being bloodied from the entire fight. I mean, it was like a Rocky movie. And I've been there too, where you can't see because of the blood, where you're you're not feeling it. It's not just one of your. It's one of those days where you just you're, you're a little bit behind, but you know that your opponent's getting tired. You know you're getting the best of it. You know, I mean, you're not getting the best of it, but you know that he's he's tiring and, and he's slowing down and he's he's saying, why is this guy still here? And, and there's some there's something to hunger there. And I think Dervinchenko was the hungry one. And we could talk about Golovkin thinking ahead. He wanted the Canelo fight. He he wanted something different. He was sick. He was Jonathan Banks, uh, whatever it is. I am going to say this, Dan. In, in the fighter interviews, he looked sick. He really did. Now, I didn't. I don't want to. I didn't want to say that before the fight because uh, fuck, I'm not an Nostradamus. I don't know if he's sick or not. And, I, and even if I ask him if he's sick, he's not going to tell me he's sick. I remember the times where I I was sick. I had slight fevers, and they would say, so how do you feel? Mm-hmm. I would say, I, I feel good, man. I'm ready. I'm good. I'm, it was a lie. I'm lying through my teeth. I feel like shit. I'm hoping I feel good tomorrow. That's what I meant, but I don't feel good. I have a slight fever. I, I have my body's aching. I'm, I'm, I'm going to rest all day hoping I can fight tomorrow. I've been there, done that. Can I, can I take stock in what he said? Yes, because the way he looked at the fighter meeting. But do I want to do it? No, because it was an amazing fight. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I don't know how to properly judge what we saw from Golovkin on Saturday night. You don't want to make up excuses. You don't want to uh, just talk about his performance to take away from what Dervinchenko did. But if he was sick, you know, that's not the. You know, he's not putting his greatest effort forward. You know, he is also 37. He's been in a lot of war, so a lot went into it. But we're seeing something in the last two weeks, going back to Spence Porter and now this fight on Saturday night, and that's where the, the, the guy who lost has coming out almost better than the guy who won. We're talking more about, uh, you know, Dervinchenko's effort, talking more about Porter's effort than, you know, the A-side who won the fight. Are you seeing that as well? A little bit. Yeah, I did see. I did not, not as much as this last fight. I think Dervinchenko deserved it more than Porter, but I think Porter's effort was just equally as as, uh, as courageous as Dervinchenko's. Now, the fans, they, they have their own take. When I was there at Porter Spence, and I thought Spence won unanimously. That's the thing. I thought it was a unanimous decision. It was, it was a very close, entertaining fight of the year candidate, and uh, I can't wait to watch it again on, on television, and then I'll bring out my my paper and pen and, and judge it round by round, but being there and, and the emotion and what I'm seeing, I, I had Errol Spence narrowly ahead, but decisively. Uh, um, now, when it came to Dervinchenko and Golovkin, I couldn't feel that way. And yeah, I, I mean, I'm calling the fight, but I'm still there. I'm watching the little shots. I'm, I'm watching how they're getting hurt. I, I didn't feel that way in this fight. That was just a give and take back and forth. And there was a lot more drama in Dervinchenko Golovkin, you know there, there was uh, there was there was a tug of war with Spence and Porter, but there was not no real drama. You know there was only one knockdown towards the end, but there was no cut. 
uh, you know, Spence, we've never really seen him hurt. If Porter would have hurt Spence to the body, that yeah. would have been drama. It's like, okay, how does Spence handle that? There, there's a lot of things that go into the, the, the difference between the both fights. They were both excellent, amazing fights. But the drama that came behind uh, uh, the, the Skolovkin fight, and, and now we're adding sickness, we're adding uh, the, the, the change of trainers, the lack of focus. I mean, these are all curveballs thrown into the drama. Right. Uh, well, they again. call it what the big drama show. So it was a big drama show on Saturday. What impressed you the most about Dervinchenko? His game plan, and how he followed it from beginning to end. Uh, I, I knew exactly what Andre Rozier had laid out for him, and not it's not that I knew that what he had to do, and he was doing it, and and that I was reading interviews of what Andre Rozier, and he wasn't really telling you what they were going to do. He was just really close-lipped about it, but they were very confident. They are saying, I don't want to hear about Golovkin being 37 years old. I don't want to hear about him going through wars. And at the end, when we beat him, we want our credit. And he's right. He's right. So I don't want to take away nothing from it. I want to add to, to, to Rozier's game plan and Dervinchenko's strategy and how they followed it from the, from the I would say, from the third round all the way to the 12th. And that was inside fighting, backing up Golovkin, out jabbing Golovkin. I don't know. I don't know if he out jabbed him, but he out punched him. Um, and every time he got hit, he came back with two or three shots, which is one of the hardest things to do in boxing. They teach you to do that, but when you're getting hit by a by a monstrous puncher like Golovkin, you think twice about it because you think about you think about defending instead of attacking. But Dervinchenko, it wasn't like that. He knew he had a he had to punch twice the amount of times that Golovkin had a punch and, and with a power punch, one of the highest power uh, 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 knockout artists in boxing, for, for him to do that for 12 rounds, for, for half an hour 36 minutes, he had to do that you know, fighting a cut and, and fighting injury it's it just impressive man, it, it, it's resilience at its best and that's why as a fighter I have to judge all that, I've been cut I know what he's going through, I know how hurt he feels I know how tired he is, and I'm looking at body language, I'm seeing all the momentum shifting by the fifth round fourth to fifth round i remember telling brian kenny i go look at how golovkin's gasping for air like he's breathing in and out like really heavily like uh, uh consecutively like in one round he did it three times where he's like <sighs> yep i did that's, see that too that's not only that's not only because he's tired that frustration building up that's like wait a minute this guy was supposed to be out already and another thing one of the worst things to do is knock down your opponent early in the fight because you really feel you're going to stop them. And sometimes you, you exert, you overexert yourself trying to stop them. And then you got 30 more minutes of fighting. And, and, and uh, yeah, that throws you mentally and physically sometimes as well. I don't think that was the case with Golovkin, but maybe, maybe a little tiny bit. Yeah. I've read that too. I've read that, you know, early on, he probably, you know, thought the fight was over after that first round. I mean, sitting ringside, I, I thought that this was going to be an easy night for Golovkin with, you know, maybe Devrachenko has never tasted, of power like that but you brought up the corner and you brought up Andre Rozier and, and Jonathan Banks and that's another storyline from this fight and I went back and, and watched it uh, on the zone just this morning and I think it was the down the stretch people were criticizing Jonathan Banks for for a lack of urgency I think a lack of urgency from both corners really because going into the 11th 12th round the fight uh, was up for grabs I didn't really see uh, too much of what can be criticized from Jonathan Banks being around Jonathan Banks he's not 
uh, someone that's going to yell. He's not someone that's going to scream. He's a really laid-back guy, and no one knows their fighter better uh, than their own trainer. Did you think that maybe he should have gotten to the face of Golovkin entering that 12th and final round? Because when I re went back and watched it, you know, he was just soft-spoken, and I guess some people took that as him lacking urgency. No, no, I, I have uh, I have the same problem with my training. I even stopped talking to him for a year after the Shane Mosley fight because there was no lack of urgency or him yelling at me or shaking me up. And he told me the same thing. He's like, motherfucker, I never yelled at you. I never shook you up in, in training or in the fight. That's that's not our chemistry. For 23 years I've known you. I've never had to do that to you. We we, we have this agreement. We know, we know what we need. You know when you're falling behind. You know when I'm telling you, Sergio, you're not doing this. And he was right. And I had to apologize. And that's the same thing with Jonathan uh, Banks. You're not going to hear him yelling. That's not his style. It's not, that's even in interviews, he's real cool. He, he's very smart. He's very articulate. He, 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 um, some fighters like that. And, and some fighters like and need that, that, that military type of uh, training and, 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 and sergeant like talking. I, I don't dig that. I don't think Golovkin digs that. Did he, did he maybe have, I haven't seen the fight, but maybe he could have said, Hey, we need this final round he for did, the win. He did say that, but he just didn't yell it. He didn't Teddy Atlas him. He didn't say we're firemen. He said, you know, we need we need this round, and I know you can give it to me, but he said it go. in Jonathan Banks style. That's all Jonathan Banks had to do. Then he did his job. People just want to criticize every single fucking thing <laughs> when, 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 when the train starts derailing a little bit, a little in the wrong direction. It's, it's not just the trainer's fault, man. Golovkin knows how to fight. He, he knows how to fight. He knows what to do. It's just your, your body starts betraying you at a certain point in time. And and not, and let's not just say it's the age. We've got to give Derevinchenko yes. credit because it's stuck through the game plan. And, and Golovkin has never seen that. Well, he has seen, but he's never really seen that type of uh, um, ag aggression and counterpunching and, and, and resilience until, like, in his last couple of fights, Jacob showed him that, Canelo showed him that, and now Derevinchenko showed him that. So, you know, he's fighting the best of the best. He's going to get that. Yeah. yeah, with that being said, though, now this is the second fight with Banks and Golovkin. Are you, I haven't seen much of a difference in, in Golovkin. You know, there was a lot of talk that he was going to use more movement. He was going to, but that's not the type of fighter that Golovkin is. Do you think there's anything that he can shake up? Or are you surprised at all about how Golovkin fought on Saturday night in terms of the relationship between Banks and Golovkin? No, man. Let's, let's just take Jonathan Banks out of the equation. I don't think he has anything to do with this. This has everything to do with Golovkin and the decisions he made. It was his decision and it was a business decision to uh, to cut Abel Sanchez out of the corner. I think that's well publicized now. Um, and and now he's living with that decision. He wanted um, he, he want he's a businessman now. He's a promoter. He's a businessman. He he you know he he, he has a lot of side gigs now. And, and and now and he's still one of the best boxers in the world. And he made the decision to put Jonathan Banks, an excellent trainer, in his corner. If the chemistry hasn't developed yet and he's getting criticism for it well guess what man bosses get criticized every time things change and Golovkin just has to be criticized and and and, and understand that's what comes with the territory of being a boss and a decision maker that's it now moving forward with Golovkin would you favor I'm gonna throw some names out here and you tell me if you would favor him in in these fights Triple G versus uh Demetrius Andre would you favor Triple G in that fight it, man I, I don't I don't favor anybody against Demetrius Andrade. I just think he gives everyone problems. He's, he's just the huckleberry of the division. 
and that's the reason no one mentions his name. He 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 had he has and does everything every boxer just dreads. He's a tall, strong, confident, undefeated southpaw with an amateur pedigree and an Olympian. It's just, yeah. No, 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 no. How about no? How about Jamal Charlo? Yes. See, that's a yes. He is strong, very confident. He can sell a fight. People know him. He, you know, he's a power puncher, but he has, he has his, you know, he, he, he has his, uh, his problems defensively. You know, he, he can be hit. He can be, you know, rocked. He can be hurt, but he's going to, he's going to sell a fight. It's not, it's not like you're giving up too much to, to, to fight these guys. So there's a lot that comes with beating a guy like that. So Charlo, yes, but an Android, I mean, it's just, it's, it's just different. You know, little by little, he's starting to get, you know, his foot in the door. But Charlo already is in the door. Okay, now BJ Saunders. Let's say BJ Saunders goes back down to 160. It's the only way he can get the fight with Triple G. Would you give Triple G the the favor over uh, BJ Saunders? No, see, uh, I would have to edge out Saunders at this point because of the movement. Um, but I don't know how Saunders is going to take a punch because he's bound to take a big punch. So. You know, it 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 could all change there in the middle rounds when it starts getting uh, uh, cornered and he starts getting hit to the body and he finally gets caught. But I would still favor Saunders' uh, uh, legs, activity, movement, and 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 his courage too, man, because he he's he's shown that he could be resilient as well. And he's not afraid. He's been there with one of the biggest middleweight punchers and Lemieux, and he embarrassed him. And he takes that confidence to a to a 37 year old Golovkin. I would favor B.J. Saunders. Okay, now finally, uh, with Canelo Alvarez, obviously, I don't think it's uh, safe to say that you would favor uh, Canelo in that fight. I think a, a lot of uh, uh, fight fans and, and media would right now. But let's say Triple G does get the fight with, with Canelo. How, at this stage, from what you saw f- from Golovkin and how he's progressing at this age, how does he beat Canelo at this point? I don't think he does anymore. But if he was uh, to, like, how would that... you see it going down? Wow. Canelo's too fast, man. Uh, too fast, too explosive, and his head movement has been uh, getting better and better. And Golovkin, you know, they say that his head movement has been getting better. You know, he wants to fight behind the jab a little bit more. He didn't fight behind the jab and he moved his head for this uh, this last fight as much. He he was going for the kill and he almost got it. With Canelo, he he's been improving defensively with the jab. He backed up Golovkin in that second fight. And I could only imagine him getting the confidence to do it again in the trilogy in the third fight. I I, I just don't see Golovkin um, uh, keeping up with with uh, with Canelo for for 12 rounds this time around. I, he's bound to get broken down. Uh, you know that's that's where age and familiarity comes into uh, you know into question. And I have to favor Canelo and maybe even Canelo like really uh, laying into him in the in the later rounds where where Golovkin really. Really, will be in trouble. That's the way I would see it. No, I, I I agree with you there. I think a lot would agree with you too. But almost, but have to be like Golovkin would have to almost go for the kill early on. He would have to be super aggressive, which would play right into the hands of Canelo being such a slick uh, counter puncher. But Canelo coming up November second against Kovalev, really intriguing fight. You'll be on the call for that one as well. I mean, how, how what's the path of victory for Canelo going up against a a big puncher and a bigger guy in Sergey Kovalev? Well, we just talked about, you know, uh, uh, head movement, speed, counterpunching. Kovalev is going to be the bigger, taller, stronger fighter. And, you know, Canelo is going to be able to match power and size with him. So he's going to have to rely on on speed and defense. 
And once he gets inside, which he will, we're going to see him get inside. We all know what the bullseye is, that, that body. You know, Andre Ward softening up that body. And and I love to say this line, the body, once you hurt a man to the body, the body has a great memory of pain. It'll remember right away. So it, it, it's just going to take one shot for, for your body for your body and that pain to come back. And then that's when you start to, to, to really question yourself as a fighter and it's fight or flight. And, and if Kovalev decides to fight, well, he's going to open up himself more. And then that's when uh, Canelo can have the opportunity for the stoppage. We have seen Kovalev get stopped before. And once a fighter gets stopped, it's in, his, in the back of his head. The second time around would only be easier. It's just the, all these things you have to take into effect and then add the age at the uh, at all the things that come with with being a, a aging champion, and Canelo is just too much, too strong, too explosive, and that's why he's taking this huge risk because it is still a risk, but that's why he's taking a calculated risk. Now this is the fight season on the zone. There are some really good fights upcoming. Which fight out of remaining on the schedule that you'll be calling are you most looking forward to? The one that I'm most looking forward to is uh, the, the heavyweight rematch with uh, Ruiz and Joshua because uh, that's going to be interesting. We're going to see if if Joshua could you know regain the title and how does he do it? And Ruiz, he's just going to have more time to train. He's going to have more time to strategize and, and more time to, to to really think about like all the money he could potentially make with yeah. one more win. I mean this 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 can change you know generations of the Ruiz family. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, it's going to be, a, that's the moment that I'm waiting for. But as far as fight and fight goes as a boxer, I'm looking forward to Regis Progray and Josh Taylor, man. I just think two of the best 140-pounders are, are fighting, and, and stylistically, they're going to mesh well. That's a fight I'm really looking forward are to. Are you calling boxing, that one? As a boxer and a boxing fan. Yeah, I'll be calling that one. Okay, guys, I know the World Boxing Super Series, sometimes they use a, a different crew, but oh, that's... No, 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 I'm sorry. I, I'm not calling that okay. one. Okay, right. I we'll, think so. It's the zone fight, but that could, yeah, we'll through the boxing. I'm sorry. Are you looking forward to that flight to Saudi Arabia? Yeah, well, yeah, of course. You know, I mean, we're going there for the rematch. Everyone that's been there from the zone and, and people that have been there and come back saying, man, don't worry about it. It's a great place. Okay. People treat you well. You know, you know everything you hear is, it's just embellished. You're going to have, you know, it's going to be fine. Just, you know, follow the rules. So everywhere, <laughs> everywhere you go in the world, there's rules. Follow the, follow the rules and you'll be all right. Well, that's, that's easier it. said than done when you're going out with Todd Grisham. <laughs> what is yeah. that going to be like? Yeah, Todd Grisham. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, you're 100% right. Well, I'm going to have to stay away from Todd Grisham. Uh, uh, my, my, my trip to uh, Saudi Arabia, I, I'm not even gonna look at Todd. No, you're right. I gotta stay away from him. Well, you actually might have to like be a chaperone. I think you keep him in line because I can see him, you know, getting out of control. He ends up in in the middle of the desert. You know, he, no, 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 no cell reception out there. I'll be guilty by association. No, I'm staying away. I'm staying in opposite hotels. I'm staying opposite floors. I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna want to be on the opposite side of the ring when I'm calling uh, the, the fights with him because yeah, I don't want to be uh, associated with any shenanigans shenanigans that's the proper word that you with with todd grisham but sergio thank you so much for, for coming on really exciting times in the world of boxing coming up especially on the zone some really big fights uh are coming up we'll catch up to you soon at, at ringside thanks a lot for joining us big fight any device one price i like big that fight season <laughs>
Special thanks to our guest, Sergio Mora, for joining us here on Inside Boxing Live. Great insights to the fight we saw this past weekend. Upcoming on the schedule this weekend, Alexander Usyk back in the ring making his heavyweight debut. We'll see what he has in store. Of course, if he wins that, he is the mandatory for the winner of AJ and Ruiz. So keep an eye on that. Big fights coming up in October. We will be back in studio in a week from now talking more big boxing you've been watching Inside Boxing Live.